everybody, and welcome back to the Renew Your Mind podcast. I am your host, Kieran Lenahan. I'm a business and mindset coach. A couple of weeks ago, I shared uh, that I had sprained my ankle playing basketball. It's actually been the worst injury that I've ever experienced in my life. That said, I am happy to report that as of last week, I no longer need crutches to get around. And over the weekend, transitioned from the big, bulky kind of walking boot to an ankle brace that fits just barely but fits into one of my shoes. So I'm super excited about that. I start physical therapy within the next week and we'll continue the process of recovery and just trying to rehab it back to 100% as quickly as possible. It's funny, people keep asking me how my ankle is. Is it still swollen? Because I had shared a couple of pictures of when it was really, really blown up. Even a couple of weeks after the initial injury, the answer is yes, it's still swollen but it is feeling much better and I have more mobility in it. So things are moving in the right direction. With that celebration out of the way and with me no longer tripping on my kids' toys with the crutches, let's dive into today's topic. Last week, we talked about the true purpose of a sales call, which is not to sell the other person on working with you or hiring you for your services, but rather just to help them make a firm, conscious decision that's in their best interest which means helping them get to either a firm yes or a firm no. So misunderstanding or forgetting or failing to enter a sales call with this mindset, because again, you can understand these things but not necessarily be implementing them. This is the first and primary mistake that people make on sales calls. The other two that we're covering in this series is number two, feeling salesy. How do you not feel salesy? And then number three, How do you handle and overcome objections? So by the end of this series, if you apply what it is that we're discussing, if you go into sales calls fully embodying the true purpose of a sales call, if you show up with your one objective being to help them make a firm decision in their best interest, and then if you aren't pushy or salesy or manipulative, but you're actually serving them, and then you learn the skill set of handling objections with a sense of calm and ease, your sales calls will be transformed and you will convert more sales calls into paying clients. You're going to serve people more powerfully in those conversations and you're just going to feel incredibly confident whenever you get the chance to talk to a potential client. And then this confidence is going to flow upstream even into your marketing and it's going to you're going to benefit from it in many other areas of your business. What I personally love about helping my clients improve their sales calls is that even if they aren't creating tons of sales calls with potential clients, you can increase your conversion rate by getting good on sales calls because it turns out that a natural byproduct of showing up and just operating from a place of pure service, trying to help people make good decisions for themselves and their businesses and their organizations and their relationships, that leads to more clients and more revenue. So today we're going to get into the second most common problem that people run into on sales calls, which is feeling pushy or salesy or manipulative or rude or convincing. But this isn't something that you actually only deal with on sales calls. Some of you might be wrestling with this basically anytime you're marketing your services. So we're going to talk about feeling salesy through the lens of sales calls in particular, because that's where this problem is kind of most acutely or intensely felt, but this does apply to your marketing, aka the thing that you do to create sales calls to get people interested in booking sales calls with you. So here's the plan today. 
I'm gonna thread this all the way through for you. I wanna show you the most common reason that people feel salesy in the first place. I wanna show what that leads to and then what to do instead, aka how to not be salesy. So before jumping in, I just wanna read Proverbs chapter 11, verse 26 again, which we talked about last week to ground ourselves in scripture. And it says, people curse the one who hoards grain but they pray God's blessing on the one who is willing to sell. So with that as our backdrop, let's talk through why people feel salesy or pushy or manipulative or sleazy or convincy. And instead of listing off that entire list of adjectives throughout today, I'm just going to call it and refer to it as salesy. So you know what I'm talking about. Last week, we really addressed the heart of the issue of being salesy, right? Thinking that it's about you. When you are operating from any other purpose for the sales call, other than being of deepest service to the other person, that's what opens the door to potentially being or feeling salesy and coming from a what's in it for me mentality. Now, what I'm about to tell you is one of the most important things that you need to take away from this episode. Whether or not you feel salesy is 100% in your control. There is nothing inherently wrong with selling. Selling is neutral. It can be done manipulatively or it can be done with integrity from a place of love. It's our thoughts about selling that cause us to feel salesy, right? Feeling salesy, it happens in your head. It's a mindset and it's a feeling state in your body. Nothing more than that. And this is great news because you have control over your thoughts. That's the whole premise of this podcast. You have the ability to renew your mind. So know that, recognize that, and let that sink in. If you're feeling salesy, you are the only person that has the ability to change that. Now, before going further, I wanted to just acknowledge why this is such a common hangup for people when it comes to entrepreneurship or selling anything. One reason is that it's a pretty universal experience that people have had a negative experience being sold to in the past. One where they felt incredibly uncomfortable or frustrated or even angry, whether it was a car salesman or someone walking door to door selling you something or the person in the mall kiosk trying to stop you from walking as you are just trying to get to the food court. And most people don't want to make others feel the way that they felt, right? Which was uncomfortable. It was a whole set of of negative feeling states. And I just want to say that that is a completely normal instinct to have. We are human beings. We're social. We were made to be in community. And we have this deeply rooted desire to be liked and accepted by other people. Making others feel uncomfortable isn't necessarily the most effective way to get accepted into a community or to get somebody to like you. And so, of course, if you're thinking that you're going to make someone uncomfortable on a sales call, you're going to have resistance there. That makes total sense. So I just wanted to start off with that because this was a podcast episode for a reason. This is an incredibly common thing that people deal with, especially if you've never had any sales experience before and you're coming from a corporate or just some other nine to five background and then you're coming into entrepreneurship, it is completely understandable that this would be a hangup that you would run into. 
All right. Now I want to thread through the most common reason why you might be feeling salesy. And then I want to walk through what does that lead to? What kind of results does that lead to? And then what do you do about it? So underneath, I don't want to be salesy is this main reason. You're forgetting or not believing in the value of what you're selling. Said another way, the reason you feel salesy is because part of you truly believes that you're being salesy. And so let's look at what does that even mean? The internet defines salesy as a term used in the business world for the salesperson who sells aggressively and superficially. And that superficial word, that's what I want to focus on right now. Superficial means something looks one way on the surface, but in reality, it's not that thing. And so applied to sales for our purposes, we can just call this lying or manipulation, right? And so if being salesy means lying or manipulating, of course you don't want to be salesy. The good news is not all selling is salesy. And so today, the goal is to help you sell without lying or without being manipulative. And again, this is going to be a great example of where intellectually, I guarantee you're thinking to yourself right now, well, that's not my problem. I'm not lying. I'm not being manipulative, but I still feel salesy. And what I want to show you is consciously that may be what's happening, but subconsciously there's another pattern that's leading to you feeling salesy. So I said that the most common reason that people feel salesy is that they're forgetting or that they're not believing in the value of what they're selling. What do I mean by that? I want to illustrate this with uh, an example. Let's imagine that you work at the Apple store and you have one iPhone that your boss gives you and it's your only assignment to sell that one iPhone. It's inside the box, so you don't know what it looks like, but your boss tells you that it's a five-year-old model and that it's broken, the screen is cracked, the touchscreen doesn't work, and the battery is shot. It only lasts a few hours between charges. Now, imagine your best friend in the whole world, whoever your actual best friend in real life is, imagine they walk into the Apple store because they want a new phone. Your job is to sell them that iPhone for $500. And your boss tells you, you have to sell it to them or you're fired and you can never have another job anywhere ever again. And you're not allowed to tell them what's happening or to pay them back for it afterwards. How would you feel when you're selling that phone to your best friend? Probably not great. My guess is you wouldn't be enthusiastic about it. You probably would feel sleazy salesy, manipulative, you'd feel like you're lying. You care about your best friend and you want what's best for them. Technically, it's an iPhone, but you know that it's not worth $500. Your experience of selling that to your friend, let alone anybody, would be difficult. You would feel resistance. You would feel tension. Inside, there'd be this tug of war. You'd be fighting yourself. Now, imagine your boss comes up to you and says, hey, I was just kidding. Inside of that box is actually the iPhone 14 Pro. It hasn't even come out yet. It's brand new, has a ton of memory. The camera is insane. It's waterproof. It's the best tech that Apple has put into a phone ever. 
And when it releases, it's actually going to sell for $1,500, but your job is to just sell it for $500. So maybe in this thought exercise, you're just trying to buy yourself some time and you were showing your best friend some of the other Apple products that are in the store, even though your only job was to sell that phone. They end up leaving, they go to the food court, grab some food, and they come back. And now you've got this iPhone 14 Pro worth $1,500 that you have to sell for $500. How would you feel now? Probably totally different. You'd probably feel compelled to sell it to your friend. Whereas before you were just trying to buy yourself time and show them other products. Now you'd be thinking things like, this is a steal. This phone is worth way more than what your friend is going to pay for it. So yes, they're paying $500, but it would be totally worth it. You probably wouldn't feel like you're selling something. You'd feel like you're presenting a great investment opportunity. The point is this, how much you believe in the value of what you are selling matters. In both situations in this example, the actual thing that you were selling, the thing that you were holding in your hand was the exact same object. You didn't know for sure what was in the box either time. You just had different thoughts about what it was. And because you had different thoughts, the feeling, the experience of selling that thing was totally different. And so the only thing that changed was how you thought about what you were selling. Do you see how important your thoughts about the thing that you are selling are? Do you see just how those thoughts literally would change the way that you would feel in your body when it comes time to sell it? If you don't consciously believe deep in your bones that your services in your business are worth far more than what your clients would pay you, like in that second situation, of course you're going to feel salesy trying to sell it to someone else. If you think that what you're selling is worth less than what you're charging, of course you're going to feel salesy. You either need to change your thoughts or you need to change your price. The way that you want to feel about offering and selling and marketing your services in your business is the way that you would have felt in that second example, selling your friend an iPhone that hasn't even come out at a steep discount. You want it to feel like you are over-delivering on what people are paying. Let that sink in. One other takeaway that I want to make sure that I give you from this Apple Store example Don't sell to people who don't want to buy your stuff. In the iPhone example, your best friend walked into the Apple store looking to buy a phone. When people book a sales call with you, it's because they are interested in hiring you. They chose to schedule time with you. You didn't just show up at their doorstep. They're not random people. If you're selling to people who don't want to buy your stuff, of course, you're going to feel salesy. But remember that people who get on a sales call with you have volunteered, have decided to do that for a reason. That might seem like a subtle thing to point out, but I wanted to make sure that I called it out because I know that it can be easy to forget that people booked a call with you. You didn't force them to be there. And so sometimes it's just good to remind yourself that they're choosing to be there for a reason. It's because they have some interest in working with you. Now, back to the main thread. If you are not 100% sold on your services at your price point, it's going to feel pretty terrible selling it to somebody else. 
And that's the biggest reason that people typically feel salesy. Now, to pull this thread all the way through, I want to use the model, which we went in depth on in episodes uh, one through four of the podcast, right? We talked about this model where your thoughts lead to your feelings, your thoughts and feelings then lead to your actions that you take, and then the actions you take create and generate the results. So let's spend some time just taking the subconscious and making it conscious for you. Because when you subconsciously don't believe that the value of your service is worth the money that your clients would pay you, these are the thoughts that become prominent. I'm going to walk through a couple of them. When you don't actively build firm belief in the value you offer, these are some common thoughts that will then fill up that space. I don't want to be salesy. They're going to think that I'm sleazy or manipulative. What if I come across as pushy? I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. That's a really common one. And when you think something like these, when you think something like, I don't want to be salesy or I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable, you feel timid, afraid, and hesitant. And when you feel timid, afraid, and hesitant when you're in a sales call, you play it safe. You're going to ask fewer questions. When you play it safe and when you ask fewer questions, the potential client is going to be a little bit less engaged in the conversation. You're not going to get the full picture of what's really going on that's causing their problem. And when that happens, it it becomes harder for you to show them what the solution is. And maybe they'll even sense some of your discomfort. And when all of those things happen, when that's the, the feeling, when that's the vibe of a sales call and a conversation with somebody and they're considering investing money in working with you, they're going to be less likely to hire you, less likely to feel comfortable making that investment. And so what do you do about it? The best way to not feel salesy or pushy is to shift your focus to highway thoughts. Again, if you don't remember what I'm talking about when I say highway thought, we covered that in a lot of depth in episode two of the podcast. And so what you want to do is actively build beliefs that will help you show up from a place of service. So things like, I know exactly how to help my ideal client solve their problem. I bring way more value to my clients than I charge. The most loving thing that I can do is to help my potential client make a decision on this sales call. My job is to stand for my potential client's future, even if it gets uncomfortable. So let's thread one of these through. Imagine you're about to hop on a sales call, and instead of going into it thinking, I don't want to be pushy, you go into it thinking, my clients receive way more value than I charge. When you're thinking that your clients receive way more value than you charge, you feel confident and secure and sufficient, aka you don't need somebody to become a client in order for you to feel confident and secure. You already believe that. And when you feel confident and secure, you ask really curious questions. You feel safe asking whatever you need to ask to understand the problem that your potential client has and why they're experiencing it. And if objections come up, like I need time to think about it, or that's expensive, you feel safe to ask more questions and dig in without feeling pushy so that you can learn more about what's happening in the potential client's head and actually serve them more deeply. And when you do these things, people are more likely to feel served by you, safe with you, and confident in your ability to help them. And compared to before, they're going to be much more likely to want to hire you. Being salesy is primarily a mindset and a feeling state, and so is operating from a place of love. 
you get to choose which place you want to operate from. I hope that this is helping you start to connect some dots and help you see how this would not only affect your sales calls when you're talking to potential clients, but also how it would affect your marketing or even the delivery of your services to your current clients. And this is really important. If you realize that you don't have rock solid belief in how valuable your offer is, that is priority number one. Like that is really urgent. I would stop doing a lot of the other things that you're spending time doing and work on this ASAP. One note for those of you who are really early on in your business, there's so much information out there about how to bring in clients. 99.9% of it talks about strategy. So please hear me on this. Do not spend all of your time in search of a strategy if you do not have a fundamental rock solid belief in the value of the service that you provide at the price you charge. I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs I've seen buying programs and taking courses and learning how to market only to waste time and effort and money all because their underlying mindset and belief and the value that they bring to the table isn't there. The thing is, this isn't even just for people who are early on in their business. I've also worked with clients who have been running their businesses for decades and their belief in the value of what they bring isn't where it could be when they come to me. One of my earliest clients was a real estate agent for professional athletes and coaching staff and has been doing this for over 20 years. It's not just people early in their business who might have the opportunity to improve here. And because many of the entrepreneurs that I work with run service-based businesses where they're the person delivering the service, a lot of this comes down to your self-concept, your identity to how you see yourself and how you think about yourself. And so whether you're just starting out or you've been in business for decades, belief in yourself and your ability to deliver your services at a high level is crucial if you want to get really good at sales calls and if you want to get really good at selling and marketing from a place of love and integrity. One key I want you to take away from this is that in the absence of firm belief, doubt will take up the space. If you don't actively do the work of renewing your mind to build your belief in the value of the services you provide, you're not just going to drift towards believing in yourself. You're going to drift towards doubt and lack of belief. That is just the natural kind of direction that things flow. It's like the floor is tilted in that direction. And this is why my clients are able to get better results in less time when they work with me compared to when they weren't. Because each week, we're actively helping them build intentional beliefs and thought patterns. And when they operate from intentional places, there's less room for doubt. And when there's less room for doubt, they take higher quality actions that lead to more revenue and fewer hours worked and a much more peaceful experience of running their business. If you've read Atomic Habits by James Clear, he says that we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems or our habits. And the work that we do in one-on-one coaching is constantly raising the bar of where your systems, where your habitual thought patterns and the actions that you take, your habits, we're raising the bar of where that is. The reason this works is because to bring it full circle, when your system or your default thought pattern is a deep belief in the value of your services, you don't feel salesy. And I know this because this is the work that I've done. 
I don't have a problem with feeling salesy anymore, which if you go back and listen to episode three and hear how just like just how much I hated selling, like to the point where I've trained my eyes to look away from ads that pop up when I arrive on websites, it might surprise you. And that's the work that I help my clients do. And so if you still feel salesy in some parts of your business, whether in your marketing or on sales calls, or when you meet someone new at church and they ask you what you do, book a console at the link in the show notes and let's work together. And this is a perfect example. I just invited you to book a consult with me because I believe deeply in the services that I offer and the results that I help people create. I believe that if you work with me one-on-one for six months, you will not only earn a financial return on your investment, but the whole way that you experience your business will be different. That's why so many of my clients choose to continue working with me, and I know that you're going to walk away with such deep self-awareness and with the ability to renew your mind, which even after we stop working together, will continue to serve you. I know that my clients will benefit from our work together for the rest of their lives, And because that's my default mindset right now, I can say those things from a place of love, from a place of integrity, and knowing that while I serve you through this podcast, I can serve you so much deeper if we worked together. So there you have it. I'm a product of my product. Imagine selling your services not just without feeling salesy, but actively feeling like it's a loving thing to do. That's available to you. And the thing is, and I've heard this so many times, it is not just repetition that's going to get you there. It's not just having practice or having a certain number of sales calls that's going to get you to a place where you don't feel salesy. That's not how it works. It's your thoughts and it's your feelings. Let's wrap up. When you don't believe deeply in the value of your offer and that it's a bargain at your price point, of course, you're going to feel hesitant about selling it or about digging into any objections when someone says it's expensive or that they can't afford it. More on this next episode. But here are some questions to consider as we bring this episode to a close. On a scale of 1 to 10, how deeply do you believe these two statements? 1. I know exactly how to help my ideal client solve their problem. And 2. I bring way more value to clients than I charge. Rate those on a scale of 1 to 10. How deeply do you believe them? And why? Explain why you rated the number that you rated. You want to operate from those on default. And you can even come up with your own. Those are just two that you can start with. But anywhere that you're not a 10 out of 10 on that scale, that's the work for you to close the gap. And be aware, you might believe them now when you hear them, when you hear me say them, or maybe when you even write them down. But the thing is, you need to be thinking that when you're on a sales call talking to a potential client in the moment, that's where you need it. A couple of questions for you to sit down and answer and consider. What result do your clients get when they hire you? Like what is better about their life or their business or their organization or their health, both in the short term and the long term? What is the result that they get when they hire you? Secondly, Why is your price for the result that they get a bargain? Why is that a steal? Why is it the deal of a century? Why is working with you the best decision that your ideal client could make? Why do they deeply value the result? 
And then two last questions that are often a lot of fun. What other things do your ideal clients spend their money on to try to solve the problem? And then what other things do they spend their money on that don't provide them with nearly as much value as your service does? So how do you not be salesy? Don't be salesy. Don't lie. Don't manipulate. And as long as you're not doing either of those things, then it's just your thoughts we want to work on. Salesy is mainly an uncomfortable feeling in your body that comes from your thoughts. And so if you feel salesy, it has to do with the thoughts that you're having about your offer. So do the work of building deep belief that you deliver more than you charge. And remember, they booked the sales call. They decided to spend time talking to you. They are interested in working with you. And remember that it's not about you. That's all for today. Next week, we're getting into the main course, the moment you've all been waiting for, how to handle objections on a sales call. When this clicked for me, it was a huge turning point in the business and it made sales calls so much fun and so exciting. If you have been loving the podcast, give it a rating on Apple or on Spotify and share it with one person. And if you're not hanging out with me on Instagram, head over and connect with me at Kieran Lenahan Coaching. I hope you have a great week. I will see you next Tuesday on the Renew Your Mind podcast. Mm-hmm.